Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. Welcome to the Planet X Cinema Podcast. I am Drew Hicks. I am Blair Hicks. How you doing today, Blair? I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. We're recording a little earlier than usual, but I like that. Got Yeah, this is new. We're we're recording on a Sunday morning. Uh we've both had our coffee. So we should this should be like a pretty lively episode, I think. Yeah, I've got my uh my can you see I got my Calavera mug here. Oh nice. So it's kind of a day of the dead sort of thing I'm doing today. And Heck yeah. Not- not just because my other mugs are filthy. And uh, hey, I wanted to. We don't do this very often, and I don't want to make a huge habit out of it. Um, mm-hmm. I loved um, "Bring Me Your Head." I think that was a really fun episode that we did. Uh, yeah, I had a really good time with that one. I don't want to make a big habit of revisiting last week, but I was. We were doing that episode, mm-hmm. and I had this thing in the back of my head going like, "There's a story that's perfect for the title." bring me your head. And I couldn't figure it out. I think, I think I've got it. And all it is, is the, the starting point would be a man charged with hunting down his own clone. Oh, that's very good. See that's, and I, I saw, I thought of it like yesterday. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a Blade Runner kind of thing, right? Like, sorry if you haven't seen Blade Runner, but it's about a replicant that hunts replicants. And, it would, and don't it, fucking, I'm sorry, hold on. Don't get after me with this like new Blade Runner bullshit where he's a person and Ryan Gosling. Oh, like, fuck you. Christ, no, I don't want to. Uh, cool atmospheric movie. Cool, cool movie, whatever. But no, 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 no. That dude's a replicant. Nothing happens for three hours, but it's very beautiful and I don't <laughs> want to get into it. Like, <laughs> you've heard me rant about this, that it's a movie where nothing happens. It's it just there's like three and not things. in like a not in like a cool meditative way like the first no. movie. <laughs> just no like a guy leaving his apartment is a beat like it's <laughs> i'm like oh shit is stuff happening and yeah that's a, that's not a screenplay guys that's just an outline for like a guy's day <laughs> don't get me wrong gorgeous oh, he's in the office now oh, okay he's, he's going to the oh he's talking to his boss Oh, no, he's leaving work. <laughs> oh, he's talking to somebody. Is this a character? Do we have a story? Oh, no, we don't have a story. No. So in this in this new section of errata and corrections and stuff, uh, yeah. I also want to point out that I got a very nice text message from one of our listeners uh, who said she didn't want to be pedantic, but we pronounced Milo and Joe's names wrong. So I just, I want to put this out there. It is not Milo Ventimiglia and Joe Latruglio. It is Milo Ventimiglia and Joe Latruglio. It's oh. like a soft slash silent G. Uh, and it's totally true. I looked it up. You can like, you can go find Joe Latruglio being on late night television and people are like, here he comes, Joe Latruglio, not Joe Latruglio, like a couple oh, of fucking really crackers bad. like us pronounce it. <laughs> I have literally been saying his name wrong for over 20 years. Well, that is, that is kind of what, honky white dudes do we do tend to just not say things the way they're supposed to be said like yeah i'll, I'll say this much when the state <laughs> came on it was sort of pre-internet so i wasn't if you didn't he wasn't doing a lot of interviews so well and you didn't have you didn't it wasn't like the snl introduction where some guy was like joe latrulio actually you know what <laughs> we've said that and i guarantee i know this happened i just remembered that there is an episode of the state where they do an snl introduction with that really? Yeah, I, I, we need to double what check that his name. This, this may be a years. This, this may be an apology from next week for next week, but I think it was like Michael Showalter, Jill Latruglio. <laughs> <laughs> what was that dude's name though? Who did who did the SNL introduction for so many years? Don Pardo, not Don Pardo, Don Pardo, Don Pardo. That's right, yeah. Don Pardo, G Smith, and the Saturday, Saturday Night Live Band. <laughs> Oh man, cool! Gene Smith, who who toured recently on the Pink Floyd Wall tour, he played like bass and guitar and a. It, this is not important. Is there anything GE Smith can't do? <laughs> uh, not wear a ponytail? I don't know. It's, oh, he's uh, like Samson though. That's where he gets his music powers. <laughs> 
that's why uh that's you know that's why michael bolton's not putting out records anymore he cut off his, his wicked mane <laughs> that guy gene smith has committed to the butt cut so hard we should have put him in hal wieners the the butt cut on that guy man he just will not let that was it that was like a thing though right like fucking kenny g had that uh lee now had it i mean no I, no hold on no i don't mean the butt cut i mean the like you know, if you're like a musician of a certain persuasion, you have to have like super long curly hair tied back into a ponytail. I guess. Yeah, no, that's that was absolutely a trope in the in the like late. If you were a quote unquote serious musician mm. in the late '80s, somebody in your band either had a ponytail or a headband or both. I bet. I bet if you took just headshots, not. We can't see what the, we can't see their sweater vests. We can't see their battle jackets. I bet if you took a bunch of headshots of like heavy metal dudes in the eighties and smooth jazz guys in the eighties, you couldn't fucking tell from oh, the neck up. It's like, okay, let's see, long black ponytail. He's got a he's got a dagger for an earring. Fuck, like that could go either way. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only difference would be is if they had uh, glasses, and then you oh smooth ah, jazz, yeah. smooth jazz, obviously that smooth guy, jazz. That guy was in foreplay for a while. Okay, all right, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but but we're not we're not here to talk about smooth jazz haircuts, are we, Drew? No, no, we're not here to talk about smooth jazz or our mistakes in pronouncing Italian surnames. We are here to create uh, new movies from hypothetical movie title suggestions given to us by you, the Planet X faithful. Uh, you can do that one of two ways. If you've got a cool idea for a, a movie title that you want to see us flesh out, you can go to our website, planetxcinema.com, and click on the submit button, or you can email us at planetxcinema at gmail.com. And I believe this week is, uh, is your turn. You got one in the hopper. For I us? do, I do actually. Um, so this one comes to us uh, from Kelly Murka Nelson, uh, who incidentally was also the person who sent me the very nice text message, not trying to be pedantic. So I feel like I, I owe it to her to choose one of her titles. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's very good. I know, I know you know what it is. I do know what weird, it is. But I, she I, it to me. <laughs> yeah, she sent it to you and you sent it to me, but it's just, it's, it's one, like we've said this like a bunch, it's too good to sit on. It's like Hardy Bills 2. I can't, I'm like a kid at Chris. I can't wait. I got to unwrap this one. The title is Autobanzai. <laughs> I love it. So thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much. Also, thank you for writing a very nice piece yes, in, in the San Antonio uh, current about Planet X. Yeah, great. yeah. Thanks for, um, thanks for the nice words. Thank you for being very gracious in your critique of our pronunciation of Italian surname. <laughs> but mostly, thank you for this very good title, which once again is, yeah. I don't want And I And I, I think this needs to be pointed out right up at top. Um, I don't know if she meant this or not, but uh, we had, had been chatting on Facebook, essentially about some post I made. We were talking about Planet X and I was thanking her for being so nice. Um, and she said, I don't, I don't have any movie titles. And then the next morning I woke up and there were two Facebook messages. And, and the first one was like, it came to me in the middle of the night. And then the second one was in all capital letters. Autobanzai! Oh, very good point. Okay, just like with Heart Eagles 2, we, we, were, put, we were put... Hold on, hold on. Just like with Heart Eagles 2, we were put in a little bit of a box because Cameron Baker said, yes, it is the number two. You can't do anything with that. And similarly, I think we have to put this on ourselves. This title is in all caps. It's not a respectful autobonsai. It is oh. screaming autobonsai. Yeah, Which also, no, by the way, when you first sent it to me, I read it really quickly, and I thought it said auto bonanza. And I was like, that's actually a pretty fun movie title. <laughs> like, Auto, yeah, or, 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 or a good thing for like a, a, a local car salesman to say on a, a television. <laughs> We're having an auto bonanza. It's an auto bonanza. Okay, so let's, let's get into auto bonsai. And to do that, I, I, the first thing I thought of was a demolition derby or death race uh, Death Race 2000, right? Death Race was the first thing. Death so Race was the first thing that occurred to me. And I don't want to do Death Race, but it's not... I think it's a good place for your brain to go. I think, yes. I think Death Race is an awesome place to go. I want to challenge us to go further because... Oh, yeah. What's going to happen if we go down that road is we're going to spend the whole podcast building Death Race dream cars. <laughs> like we're going to be like, and this one is I themed would, after Sasquatch. And this one is themed after like... <laughs> I would like to add that uh, while neither of us look good in the photo, one of my mm. treasured 
uh, oh, yeah, I, know, I know what you're talking about. We went to the Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I was in high school. You were in junior high. Mm-hmm. And we have two photos of us in front of the actual yeah, Frankenstein's uh, car. Frankenstein's car from, from Death Race. So cool. 2000. And, uh, you know, we're probably the only, I'm not going to say the only two people. We were probably the only two people under the age of like 16 to ever go to the Corvette Museum and be like, oh shit, the car from Death Race. Yeah. <laughs> was, you know what? The, the best thing about it is that there was this line of amazing movie cars that were all made either from Corvettes or out of Corvette parts. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember what they were, but they were from very good, very classic. Oh, yeah. I'm sure like, yeah, there was like some Steve McQueen films in there. There's probably yeah, like exactly. an Arnold film, and we were like, "Wow, well, fuck that all this shit!" Like, whoa, whoa God, there's, 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 holy shit, is that Frankenstein's car? You know, like. So, as a, as a quick aside, I do want to mention there was a um, the coolest death race car is definitely not in the movie, and it's not in that remake um, that they put out uh, in the comic book. Though Death Race 2010 or 2020, I think the comic book was called Death Race 2020. I think that's right. I think um, that's- there, so like, if okay, if anyone's not familiar with Death Race, uh, it is a movie about a cross country race with a bunch of crazy drivers, and all their cars are themes. There's like a, a, a very young Sylvester Stallone, not his first movie because his first movies were porn. Um, this and, one and almost so, is because you get to see his Atukas. <laughs> uh, he, um, oh, so he's like a gangster, and his car is all themed like. Uh, it has Tommy guns coming out of it and whatever. Frankenstein's car is like a monster, whatever. Uh, in the comic books, though, one of the characters is a literal vampire and his car has two qualities to it. One, it is invisible until it hits you. And two, it doesn't run on gasoline. It runs on blood. And so it has a mouth on the front of it. And he like drives it through an old folks home at one point and just eats all these old people because he's running low on gas. <laughs> And it's like, how fucking fun is that, man? Oh, man. Like, no, it, the comic book is Death Race. It's incredible. Is, and it is Death Race 2020. I confirmed mm. confirmed that. And, yeah, also, also like, amazing David Carradine B-movie performance. Great, and, yeah. The comic book did a really cool thing where it has, like, they take the ending of the movie and turn it into something that, like, it's just incredible where at the end of death race to just to totally ruin the movie. If you don't like this, skip ahead 30 seconds. They're racing to the finish line where the president of the United States is going to congratulate the winner of death race and Frankenstein kills him. He runs him over and the whole crowd cheers because you get points for killing people in death race in the comic book. It starts with him as president and they set up that whoever kills the president becomes the president, which is the coolest fucking physical. So he decides to throw a new death race and everyone's racing, not for fun or money, but to become president of the United States. Like, Oh my God. You know, dead death race and the running man would make an amazing double feature. Yeah. That's a good one. That'd be really fun. I guess you do Running Man first, right? Because it's a little yeah, more accessible. Yeah, Running Man first and then do Death Race. But man, we're way, we're way, we're way off. We're way out of, we're far away from Autobahn's eye. This is what happens when we don't have alcohol <laughs> to, to make us fixate <laughs> on the actual thing we're supposed to be doing. We're both caffeinated now, so we're, we're very excited about everything. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, Autobahn's eye. I'll, I'll go get a beer. I'm, I am willing to take No, God, no. No, 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 no. We're good, we're good. Okay, you're right. Let's get back on track. Auto bonsai. Yeah. Auto bonsai. Okay, we got to have some cars. We've got to have kind of a. Well, do we? Could it be a film that revolves around a race, um, but isn't the race isn't where the plot at? It, the plot is at. You know how they will set spy movies, or even like uh, what was it, Iron Man Two, where there are scenes that are there's a very there's a there's a very big race happening and the plot involves the race, but Wait, do you mean that one scene in Iron Man 2 where they go to like the Le Mans? I was trying to pull it's something not like a feature of the plot. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, that's great. I'm trying I mean, well, I, I I just I know we're gonna just do death race and I'm trying No no no, no. okay. I'm, I think I'm I clutching be- at straws. I'm clutching at straws. I'm sorry. I I I take my fuck you back. I take my it's fuck okay. You. It's okay. I think I think I have an idea. I have, a, okay. I, have a, I have two ideas. I want to hear your ideas, please. Okay. I think there is. I have two genres that I would like to bring up that I think maybe ways forward. I I'm good to go with one or the other. 
I don't think we should do a pure 50-50 split, but I'm also cool abandoning both of these. The first is post-apocalyptic film. Mad Max and the Road Warrior, well, they're really the Road Warrior, set up this, this idea that in the post-apocalyptic waste, there's, you can, there's Outback Steakhouse rules for what passes as a vehicle. Like, no rules, just right. Like, you can have spikes on your four-wheeler and have nothing, wearing fucking nothing but a thong and football pads, and like, you're good to go. Like, that's a great look. It's just Burning Man all the time. That's Yeah, like we can do monster cars, which I think would be kind of cool. Like, okay, so anyway, that's that's kind of where one direction my head went in. The other one was like the like Cannonball Run and like Smokey and the Bandit where you have like these cross-country adventure movies. I'm very... Like, I'm uh, like Fandango is, is a great one too, right? Where like the movie yes. is about the traveling, not necessarily like the rate. I mean, there's usually like a deadline or there's some kind of MacGuffin that they have to like... Well, they have to do X before Y, unless it's Fandango, which is a fucking awesome movie. But I, th- I think we need to consider this. The Autobahn is not a racetrack. Right. It's a highway. Well, I mean, you've taken I, it to Autobahn. We don't have to go there. I think we could, and I think it'd be really fun. So what I was imagining was like... Well, look, I don't know if the post-apocalyptic thing is right, but I'd love for us to have some reason why our car needs to get from point A to point B. And then there's obstacles on the way. So like maybe somebody's chasing them. They're on the run. Maybe they're chasing somebody. They're trying to track down a killer or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, oh, because they're, uh, they're thirsty in Atlanta and there's beer in Texarkana. <laughs> right. Right? Is Jay Reed in this movie? I would really like it if he was because... I. I am not doing a bit. I love Jerry Reed. Man, I need to rewatch Cannibal Run. <laughs> Does that movie suck? I can't that's, remember. That's Smokey and the Bandit. No, Cannibal oh, Run. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Smokey and the Bandit is very good. Jackie Gleason plays the sheriff in Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit too. I'm so I'm so sorry. <laughs> Smokey is the Bandit. The bandit. That's and a joke bandit. for one other person, and he's on the other end of this call. <laughs> no, Smokey and the Bandit three, right? Smokey and the Bandit 3, Smokey is, Smokey is the Bandit. Okay, so what do you think about that? What if we do like a cross-country, whether it's in Germany on the Autobahn or, or wherever, where like it's more of like a traveling adventure movie and not like... I do like... Because like, okay, the other option is like we could do Rollerball and it's about demolition derbies. Right, then we're getting back to kind of Death Race, Running Man kind of a film, right? Yeah, we're just going to watch Cars Crash for an hour and a half. Yeah, which I mean, granted, is fun. But oh, let's, I, let's be honest, it's a Planet X film. There, there is a, there are two car crash sequences. One happens at the top of the film to get you hooked. And then there's a whole bunch of fucking nothing like robot <laughs> where you just have people standing around talking about the sport, but we're not actually watching it. And at the end, we're going to do like a tidy 15 minutes. No. And also now we have to tread carefully, but I would acknowledge that Otto Bonsai. Now that mm. is a portmanteau. I've incorrectly called other things portmanteaus. Mm. On this, Otto, Otto Bonsai is a portmanteau, but you have, Two elements there, which is German and Japan, Germany and Japan. I don't know if we want to do anything with that, but that's kind of iffy. We always like to... I mean, we can do something with the Axis powers. (laughs) That's kind of what I was hinting at, but I didn't... didn't Like, um, hey, I have this World War II fascination with human evil. Do you want to do that on a... Well, what if, like... (laughs) Well, we've already done Nazi pseudoscience. We can't do that. Wait a minute. I've got... I think I may have something. Okay, um, what do you got? I think you can pick something out of this. Um, okay. I was just looking at my movie shelf, and I saw that my copy of Knight Riders was up there. Oh, cool. And yeah, yeah. What if, what if it was, instead of a race, <laughs> what if it's a battle on a highway between two people? Um, okay. You know, like two champions, kind of even robot jockish. Um okay. The, the only reason I'm worried about trying to go that way is, again, you're going to do two acts of building up to a fight, and that could get very... So, boring. yeah, no, no, no. But, like, you bring up a good point, right? Which is, we have to have a conflict in this movie. And yes. I think that, given the title, right, everything has to be manifest through cars. You know, there was never an episode of, to use the other Knight Rider, like, there's not an episode of Knight Rider where the solution isn't Kit, Right. And so I think if, if we do this movie, it's got to be about this car or cars, and there has to be like a hero and a villain car. If we I, go that way, right? Like, and, and well, like, yes, Death Race I, is kind of it, Death Race is a cross country race. So if we go that route, we're kind of doing that. I'm suggesting we do something more like we've got to get from L.A. to New York in whatever. Well, that's literally the plot of. Well, so no, but 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 no, I'm, I'm you're saying that Smokey and the Bandit, but but I like the idea of doing a road movie mm-hmm. which will have battles in it, other than 
as opposed to a battle movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Like more like an action movie structure. Yes. And it's a, a literal journey, a literal journey. Okay. Hmm. The the only other thing that I really like is the idea of like this sort of tournament of, of car champions finding each other. But I feel like that's very close to so many other movies that it's a lot like speed racer, huh? Yeah. A lot like speed racer. That movie was fucking cool, by the way. I don't know why it it was. That is a totally lost movie. It's fucking 20 years. We'll show it at planet X. Boy, this is a tough one, Drew. Boy, okay, so here's, here's what I'm struggling with. We can't, if we go post-apocalyptic, then we're basically doing Road Warrior. If we go cross-country race, we're basically doing Death Race. If we go Demolition Derby, we're doing Rollerball. And I was even going to be like, all right, let's set it on Mars in the future, and there's a sport where you race cars in crazy low gravity, but, like, that's fucking Speed Racer. Like, How about this? Can okay. we do a chase film? Give me a reference point. Smokey, Smokey and the Bandit is is a cross-country road trip and mm-hmm. you do have a good guy and a bad guy but the good guy is being chased by the bad guy the good guy doesn't have any interest in fighting he's mm-hmm. just trying to finish while he's being pursued so think about like um you know theory road where like uh, a lot of you know it, 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 yeah it's mad max but like he's being chased by this giant army of cars that's something we can kind of work with i'd rather do more of a two-hander we have a good guy and a bad guy mm-hmm. but it, it it has everything that we would like about a death race um kind of road movie thing but it's more of an escape film right it's a, a chase film works like an escape film or almost like a monster movie you know where you're okay. being you're being chased this is good yes we will have an element of this film that is about chasing. And I like the idea of the villain chasing the hero, which forces the hero to stay on the move. Yes. And then they've also got to get to some goal to stop the chase from happening. And maybe we don't know what that is initially. We'll figure that out. Right. Like there has to be a way for the chase to end. That isn't, I just confront them and kill them. Right. Let me throw this at you because the word bonsai is in the title. What if we make this a Ronin movie? So right. it's, it's about, whether literally or figuratively, some kind of masterless badass who's wandering through the world, sort of righting wrongs. And like, so, okay, like I kind of went to the, like, okay, what if it's a smuggler, right? And he smuggles stuff and he crosses a gang and now they're sending waves of armed goons after him because he, he did the thing or whatever. Or what if it's like Lorenzo Lamas and Renegade and like he's on the run from the law and he has to go from like town to town. So I was thinking, okay, let's combine that, right, with the chase idea. Let's give him a reason to be on the road or he or she and have some kind of action, give him some business to do. Like it's a private investigator and he's traveling the country, you know, righting wrongs in every town he comes to, but this time he bit off more than he can chew or he's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to do framed cop cause that's literally renegade, but like, I don't know, is there something like, let's give this movie some fucking action. I don't want to just be sitting in a car the whole time. Like, I want the car to go off of stuff. I want them to jump out with guns. Like, let's do a fucking action movie. (laughs) Can our hero be played by Willem Dafoe? Sure. Like, uh, he just strikes me. What year are you putting him? Um, uh, uh, Pre-Spider-Man. Okay. So, like, uh, like what? Like, 40s, right? Early 40s? Oh, I thought you meant the 1940s. I was like, no, dude, the 90s. What the fuck is Willem Dafoe? You know, the Time Walker. He's Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that keeps showing up in photographs going like, proof of a time traveler. He's got a cell phone and he played okay. Northern he's, he's 63 today. What? So if we, if we go back a couple, if we go back two decades, right? Yeah, 43. I mean, it's funny. I was going to make a joke earlier and I didn't that Ian McShane is in the Death Race remake from 2007, 8, something like that, late yeah, 2000s. Like that. Yeah. And it blows my mind because it was like after Deadwood, but before HBO recanted and was like, Ian McShane, you can just be in everything. <laughs> we'll just yeah. you, if we're making a show, Ian McShane's in it. Like that guy doesn't have to worry about work anymore. But there was a time in, in the late 2000s where you could probably get Ian McShane for sag rates, which is what? fucking nuts. Wait a minute, Drew. Mm-hmm. This may be completely bonkers, but that's also the sign that it might be a Planet X idea. Okay, lay it on me. We could do the movie. Yep. The person is driving cross country mm-hmm. and being attacked by giant monsters, kaiju monsters. Ooh. Autobanzai! How fast can you drive down the highway to escape these 
500 foot creatures. Can you outrun the giant killer turtle? Okay, what if we, okay, let's jam, let's take all of this and we're gonna crush it into a singularity. Oh, do it, baby, do it. I'm so ready for you to do this. What if we had, what if it was like Godzilla goes wrong or like, or like the thing that they're fighting against in Pacific Rim, it happens and we failed. And so there is like a kaiju infestation in the world. Like they are everywhere and humanity is just holding on. And it's not like, it's not a hard apocalypse like, like Mad Max. It's not like everything got nuked. Like there's still cities, there's still people, like they're, but they're like isolated communities and they, they're, they're trying to just stay alive and nobody can, no, we, we've lost all infrastructure. There's like the military's gone. There's no bombers left to bomb these things. Like we nuked some of them. That didn't work. We sent tanks after them. That didn't work. So now you have this network of disconnected cities and in between them, you have wandering kaiju. And this dude, Willem Dafoe, is a courier who moves goods and information and people from town to town. And there's, they, we'll call him, God, we have to call him something really cool. Like, oh, fuck, man. God, I wish this was Enter the Badlands so I could call him Clippers. But like... <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to name him, and I was like, his name ought to be like Dash Lansing or something. Like sure, that. great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we can call him Lancers. That's kind of cool. Oh, Lancers is nice. I like that. Or well, maybe we could call him Ronan. I don't know. Is that I don't know. But anyway, my point is, he's one of the few people that's brave enough to drive through the Kaiju Badlands. Yes. Move, move cargo, move guns, move food, whatever it is. But every town he comes to, he's like, I got to keep moving on. And they're like, you're a madman. Like. This is, this is where Q the Winged Serpent lives, and he shoots gold lightning and blows, and he's like, nah, I can do it, because I got my trusty car. Yeah. And then, and the, minute, the minute I slow down is the minute, they, the, the minute right. I die. Okay, right? cool. Yes, this is very good. I really like this. This is good. Boy, it took some pulling, took some pulling teeth, but I like this, dude. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. now. Okay, my, okay. My coffee is finally hitting my lower digestive area. I want a villain though that's trying to chase that's trying to get to him because he has something. So I think like we can probably do this in a way that's like he he ends up in a town and they're super desperate. Maybe the town is like getting shot up or getting destroyed or whatever. And as a guy entrusts him with the MacGuffin, which is a I don't know monster killer. Nomad. No, I was gonna say like a monster part that he's studying or so, I don't know. Like the, the dude has to have something that the villain wants. Gotcha. So that as he's going from town to town, like we get those cool scenes, like, um, shoot, I can't think of the movie I'm thinking of, but it's like, you get a scene where like he's in a town and he has an interaction and then he leaves. And then like 10 minutes later, we show that town on fire with the, with the villain who is basically Thulsa Dune from the beginning of Conan, like burn the town to the ground. We got to get that car. Like, <laughs> well, that's, then we get to tweak his, his little line, which is like, why don't you stay for a while? He's like, if you stay put, you're dead. You know, that kind of right. thing. Yeah. It doubles down on his, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Cause it subverts his original thing. Right. Like, you slow down, you die. And now it's like, if he slows down, he's going to die. He like, is going to die. He's yeah. Die. Yeah. Got to okay. keep going. Got to keep going. Wait, is, so are we going to play the movie where he's entrusted with something that mm -hmm. ultimately could be restorative? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I just I feel like I, I don't. I, I wasn't thinking of making this a kaiju killing movie. I was thinking this is like a a kaiju dodging movie. Like kaiju overtaking the country is that's the new normal. Like he has no interest in being. He, he's mm. an alien hero again. It goes back to why I was like, can we get Willem Dafoe? Because he's so crusty and weird and like our David Carradine surrogate, basically. Yeah, dude. Um, okay, I, I I really do like that. I want to I want to do a couple things. I want right. to give him a sidekick, and I want that sidekick to be Ernie Reyes Jr. Kino from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. I'm a I'm a I'm a huge fan of of Junior and Senior. Okay. Yes. So I would like to give Ernie Reyes a katana. And a Chekhov's perhaps, katana. Perhaps and and maybe a wakazashi. So I want to give like and I think he's the muscle, even though he's he's a little guy, right? But he's a martial he's a great martial artist. And I think it ties into the bonsai part of the name. And then Willem Dafoe is like an expert driver, grease monkey kind of guy. So he's, he's the leader. He's in charge. And Kino, who is probably how I'll refer to him for the rest of the podcast, is, <laughs> he's kind of the, the silent one with the, with the blades that like when shit goes bad, he can like hack stuff apart. So, and, and the, so there's two reasons I want to do this. One, I think it's a nice contrast. Now we have somebody for them to talk to. Like we have somebody for Willem Dafoe to talk to when he's in the car. We have a foil for him when things go wrong, when he makes a bad decision or something. And 
we can now do some shit where we've got a guy on the outside of the car and a guy on the inside of the car. Like we can have some cool business for them to do where he's jumping out of the car while Willem Dafoe's like downshifting. You know, does that make sense? No, I like, I like this very, I think, yeah, that's great because it basically sets up, um, like road warrior and also like train movies where you have guys in and out yes. and like that's exactly. what also and, and we can also do the, the the classic thing where like willem dafoe opens the door and he's like take the wheel and jumps out right and i also like the idea of involving um a real martial artist um uh especially uh, because it, it it will lend it will give us a little bit of leeway to play around with the ronin stuff without yeah. getting too sketchy even even six string samurai which stars a white guy had a legit martial artist and so the 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 martial arts stuff doesn't play like it it's being played for laughs no, no no yeah i think well and it, it, it gives you like it's just such an easy way to a double down on the title right insert action for no reason into the movie which we're gonna have to we got to get out of this car at some point i still want the action to continue okay and and see you don't have to have Willem Dafoe do all the work now it now it's like a it's kind of a two-hander I mean it's still like a it's still very much like Big Trouble in Little China it's about Kurt Russell like we're following Kurt Russell that's our anchor but now we've got you know in addition to Kurt Russell slash Willem Dafoe now we've got this kind of sidekick character who can go do some fun stuff okay so coming back and and working on plot um Mm. I like the idea that there are these disparate communities and basically they need people like Willem Dafoe to sort of run between towns mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. related information. Could we possibly do the trope where someone in one town has figured out, I said I didn't want to do kaiju killing, but someone has figured out a way to, to bring down these monsters, but must communicate that information to like a military holdout or some other scientist or something. That's the MacGuffin that, that, yeah. that he's holding on to. And, there, why, why, and the, it begs the question: Why would anyone want to stop that? But I think that could be a fun Planet Xy thing. I had this shot in my head that I wanted to have like a car running from a kaiju while like lightning is striking. Oh, I, I like that's it. really evocative, right? Like, you could just like flashes of the, the thing's feet or like its face coming after the car or something. That's cool. Yeah, no, I like it. Here's what I think the plot is: Willem Dafoe and Eric uh, Ernie Reyes Jr travel across the country delivering goods and services and packages and whatever because of the kaiju problem. They come to a town and there's a, a very excitable person, uh, like, a, like a scientist type, who's like, I need you to drive me from this town to this town. Oh, I like I need, this. I need to get from, from where I am today to over here. And they're like, great. We don't really ask too many questions, but like, why? Like, and he's like, well, okay, that's the caveat is you got to take all this heavy equipment. And they're like, fuck, man, it's going to slow us down. And he's like, it's super important. Trust me we have to take it and you can't look at any of it. And so they're like, Oh, okay, whatever. We do this all the time. Let's do it. They get in the car. They're driving along. And I think the villain like attacks the car. I think like he's, he blows. Oh, that's what they blow. He blows up the town while they're getting ready to leave. And they're like, we got to go now. Like shit's blowing up. Stuff's on fire. Old man, get in the car. Let's go. They start driving. And I think the old man gets shot up. And as he's dying, he's like, just get the stuff that's in the trunk to this city. He's dead now. The villains send a couple like motorcycles or something chasing them. They get rid of them. They get, they get further, further enough away that they can see what's in the trunk. And it is not the ability to kill Kaiju. It is a, like a Kaiju electronic fence where like it will deter them. Right. Right. It won't okay. kill them, but it'll send them in a certain direction. They're trying like to get it. that package to this other town where to your point, there's some kind of infrastructure in place to build this thing at scale. So the towns can finally be safe and free from the, from from the threat of attack. The villain wants to get it so he can corral the monsters. Oh, I like this. So he can send them towards cities. Whereas the scientist guy's like, no, 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 no. We can build like a panopticon and keep them out. So now they've got this thing in their car that can like shoot lightning out of it. Occasionally, maybe they don't really know how it works, but now their car is the thing shooting the lightning. And they're kind of corralling these monsters and the villains are chasing them. And then like, but it could all break bad, right? Like the thing could break down. They don't really know how it works, whatever. Maybe, maybe these, these giant monsters that we're talking, I mean, we're calling them Kaiju, but, but uh, because that's the right term, but they just, these giant monsters aren't necessarily malevolent. Maybe they, this is just like a, a weird future where this has happened. Maybe they came from space. I don't know. Maybe they, Uh 
Pacific Rim them out of the bottom of the ocean. I don't know. But they weren't necessarily malevolent. Humanity found a way like, okay, well, we have these enclaves of humanity and then they exist. Maybe the villain is somebody who has now started to sort of either weaponize or aggravate them. All of a sudden, the kaiju are becoming much more dangerous. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, 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 well, first off, I want to say like, as an analog to this Jurassic Park, one of the sure. reasons, I mean, there's so many reasons why Jurassic Park works really well as a film, but one of them is you don't hate the villain because they're just monsters. They're just animals. No, you're rooting for the bad guy. But like, you can't get mad that the T-Rex ate somebody. Like no, it's, it's just, a lion. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's what I think happened. I think the villain and this scientist character work together. And they were like the last team of scientists. Like we have to solve this kaiju problem. Most of the scientists are dead. We're the two smartest people in the world. We're going to invent this thing. And the hero scientist, the good scientist who's going to die in the first act was like, Oh, he's trying to make a brain control device. Like he wants to harness these things and I'm not into that. So he stole the tech and he's on the run. And the scientist guy is part of some quasi military leftover thing, or he just has like a cult or whatever that follows him around. He's trying to find that scientist and get the box back so he can build basically like the thing from Dino Riders where they put them on their head and like they have to do what they say. That's what he's trying to do with these kaiju. So now, now we have our inept hero, Willem Dafoe and Ernie Reyes Jr., who have a prototype version of this thing. Oh man, fuck yeah. Okay, the last act has to be kaiju versus kaiju, where Willem Dafoe is quote unquote, driving a kaiju. Right. With, no, I like this very much. Okay. So I, I think, I think, oh my God. Oh, holy shit. That's a great last act. So at the, it, like, I, I want these kaiju to be kind of like Lovecraftian. Like they have like tentacles and weird orifices and like, right. They're just, they just look like crazy tentacled messes coming. They're not like dinosaurs, right? They're like asymmetrical and. Yes. Fucking and- weird and freaky. And yes. at the end, I think the villain gets his own version. He steals whatever he needs to steal so he can go control one of these things. And the heroes wire their car into one of them. So, like, the thing is, like, they're, they're using the steering wheel and the gear shifters and the headlights and stuff. But it's, like, David Cronenberg-esque man and machine merged with this, like, older god. <laughs> like, now they're controlling it, right? I like this very much. I have... I have- Two things, a question, well, they're both questions. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the first one is, would you be opposed to the ending of this film um, playing against type and sort of being like a Dinotopia resolution where kaiju and human communities oh. now live together as opposed to, because the obvious thing is like, we have to kill all these things. Right. I think it would be kind of a neat little twist on the end to be like, you know, they learned how to, coexist you know the device allowed man to create boundaries and i'm not saying dinotopia but you understand what i'm getting at so that that's a possible ending i want you to yeah no i I dig that that's cool because like well i mean i think you have to make a decision there are they big dumb beasts and we just learn how to herd them or are they intelligent thinking things and we learn how to communicate with them well we haven't i think i think the first one is easier (laughs) i think it's I think the first one is 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 easier. Okay. We also haven't addressed where they come from, and I don't know that we we need to put a pin in that. I want to ask another question. Okay, what does this car look like? It's got to have enough space to store some serious equipment. Is this like the El Camino from Hell here, or what are we? What is, like, is it like a a, a a battle truck thing? Is it mm. is it like? You no, know, just I'm just realizing how many of these movies kind of center around a car because we had the we had the the hot rod from Julius Greaser and we had oh we had Crick big, Crushers had a car had an El Camino yeah and then I think how great there aren't the devil drove like a big black caddy or something it's a good okay I think like the first thing I thought of was like one of those Camaros with like the double wide tires on the back it's like souped up just I'm just thinking some kind of big muscle car <laughs> we can have fun with it and do like a like a late eighties Mustang or something really stupid. Like, like a Fox body Mustang. Oh uh, yeah. Well, what if it's like I was, a, I was thinking more like a like station a, wagon with like a muscle car conversion kit. <laughs> like it I has was, like, I was thinking of like grave digger, the monster truck. That's like a van on top. What? Of yes. That's great. You know, like basically the old PT cruiser. Oh, that's good. Thing. That's good too. Cause then they can like sleep in it. Like they can have bumps right. and stuff. It's, and a like, mobile, it's a mobile base. It's the Millennium Falcon is what we're doing. We're, we're well, building. Of course. Yeah. 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 Okay. The Millennium Falcon was just every cool car from a hot rod movie ever. But you know, like, okay, I'm going to show my hand here as somebody who knows nothing about cars. You know, when the cars need to go fast and so they make the back tires big and the car kind of leans forward a little bit. Yeah. Let's do that to the van. Okay, great. 
like great grave digger yeah cool it's jacked up it's got big tires but like i think there's pipes coming out of the bottom of it and it's like a it's a I fast think, van and, and we i brought up a rat fink before just because i really like yeah. it but mm-hmm. let's instead of mad maxing it let's rat fink it i think yeah. that's much more fun um Perfect. it should still probably be in like primer you know I don't want it to be flashy like a death race car. Well, it wouldn't uh, be, right? Because they drive across the, the, the wastelands all the time, dodging right, exactly. it, would all, it would be all banged up and gnarly. Right, but not. But but let's lean more towards Rat Fink than Mad Max is all I'm saying. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. All right, now, do we need to address where these monsters came from and how we got here, or is this one of those simple things where we're just going to kind of... That's, yeah, I just, I don't think world building is terribly interesting. And I, I, I don't think it is in this film. I mean, I like it yeah. in big epics, but not in a Planet X movie like this. I, don't I just know. don't think you need it. Audiences don't really give a shit. Like, it, it's Otto Bonsai. It's got a movie poster. It's David Carradine and giant kick-ass muscle, yeah. uh, monster. Fucking monster cares where they came from. And giant monsters. I don't think just we need do the, We'll do the fucking, like, uh, I don't know, something fell out of space. Yeah, we don't know where it came from. This thing yeah. fell to Earth, and it had that all those boards in it. Back in the log, long ago. That's nobody cares. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's the you know it's the first shot in Predator where you see like the Earth. Something flies towards it, fade to black. Have a title card. Something crashed on Earth. Now we got kaiju problems. All right, I like this very much. I think what we need to do um, before we can kind of go like, oh, okay, that's that's a movie because mm. as, as we always said, like like the devil's in the details, and we do have some very good. Planet XE details. What yeah. I would like to come up with are just like, let's kind of work through the movie and just go like, this should be a scene. This should be a scene. Let's have like just some set pieces. Okay. You know, because I want to, I want to sort of set up uh, just, just a, just a few little things along the way. And then maybe let's flesh out the ending. And then I feel really good. I feel like we're going in a really cool place with this one. Okay. Yeah. So let's, Let's do this. Let's start at the top. Cause I think I know, I think I know how this, I mean, this is what always happens. I think I know how it starts. I think I know how it ends. We got to get a really good second act in there, but I think I like the idea that we kind of get a day in the life shot with these guys, like do a cold open with them, you know, camping like, Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, you started like a camp movie. Like it's like a, it's like a camp scene. Like they're so eating, started- eating sandwiches on the hood of the car. Yeah, you start with a camp scene. There's a fire crackling. We don't have any idea it's the post-apocalypse. It looks like two buddies out on, on a camp trip and there's crickets chirping and they're kind of talking enigmatically to one another about like some, I don't know. I don't know. In fact, that they're like, well, I'm worried about the gas mileage or something. It's like something totally benign. And then yeah. you hear like, <laughs> and they like both look at each other and they're like, well, they got to go. And like calmly, they just start like packing up and like yeah. you hear like the ground is shaking. You do the thing from Jurassic Park with the water glass, but they're like, like they're not like worried about it. Much. They get in the car, they turn on the radio and it's like classical music. And Willem Dafoe looks at Ernie Reyes and is like, what did I tell you about touching the stereo? And then they have a whole little thing where it's like, well, but I thought, no, no, no. Come like they're not in any rush at all. They put on some classic rock or whatever. They charge off and we see this Kaiju just like smash. What was their campsite seconds earlier? <laughs> and Godzilla by blue oyster cult comes on. Oh yes. Per- <laughs> Why didn't they use that in Pacific Rim? <laughs> well, okay, for obvious reasons. Yeah, for obvious <laughs> yeah. reasons. Yeah. This is a Planet X movie. We can use it all we want, man. Fuck it. Perfect. Okay, so that comes on. They get into town. They unload what they were there to unload. Uh, we have like a like a Star Wars cantina scene where we get to see, or like the water world thing where they go to the floating city. So you just get, you get like a day in the life. Like, what is it like to be a human in this world? Would you like to take my daughter with you? <laughs> <Here's>, here she is. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they trade cigarettes for clean water or something i don't know and uh but but this is cool because because now we have to have like we have to have that scene where it's like nothing can control these things you guys are crazy for driving through kaiju land and then and here's the part i want to add the villain already has one kaiju under control so he like rides on the back of this thing well, and people are talking about it, though. Like, they've never really been a violent problem. And now all of a sudden, there's these stories of this this rogue monster. Yeah, I think it's like as long as you give them space, there's really not much to worry They're about. Like, occasionally, if they wander into a town, it's like bad news. Yeah, good guy scientist is like, look, all we need to do is come up with a very simple way to establish boundaries. They flourish. We flourish. It's Dynatopia. Like, there's right. no But his partner... His ex-partner has like, I think he's got like a, he's got like some kind of helmet on or something. Yeah. 
and he like rides on one of these things and to your points are like yeah their attacks are on the rise dr light and dr wiley are not getting along that's right (laughs) (laughs) um Here's, here's something I want to bring up tonally that I think will help this movie. Okay. Most of the movies we've made have been pretty hammy, and I have no problem with that because most of the movies that we like get kind of hammy. Mm-hmm. I think this movie actually works really well if you play it pretty straight and you let the premise be the absurd part of it. Like, don't make, yeah. the, don't make the performances absurd. Um, they can, like, we were talking about that opening scene. I like the idea of... Um, you know, Willem Dafoe and Ernie Reyes just being like a couple of guys, they know each other, they've been doing this job for a very long time, mm-hmm. but, but you, they play their roles pretty straight. The scientists even, like, I know it's weird, a guy, ride, a guy riding a kaiju is probably going to be a little bit hammy. That's okay, but I like the oh, idea. No, it could be cool. Look at Game of Thrones. People love that, that young lady who rides around on her big lizards. Well, that's, that's what I'm getting at is I, I think the movie would be more fun if it was actually played straight um yeah i I think so too like i think and i I like this idea that like the monsters are kind of set dressing like they're just a phenomenon that's there to for us to use whenever we need tension in a scene right they're the the world right right. that's the world building is that they exist right except we have this dude who can control one and so we get a really nice clean focus on what it can do and how how what its powers are and all that shit so i think i like i like the initial setup he's come to town because this scientist his ex-partner has figured out how to make this thing broadcast and he wants to use it to corral the the kaiju so we can go back to civilization he wants to use it to take his brain power and amplify it and control all of them simultaneously so he can take over the world he knows it. He sees everything happening. The villain, he sees like this exchange happen when he hits the town with his kaiju. They run away. He sends some people after him. They get away. The scientist guy dies. So now it's clean. We just have our two guys and they're going to take the box, whatever it is, to the place so they can do the thing. I think when they, here's what I really want to do. Because <laughs> now we can do, like, we can flesh out some scenes in the middle where like, yeah, they're driving, some guys find them. They run into some trouble. The car breaks down, whatever. At the end, I want them to get to the facility and the, like, like the people there have the infrastructure. They have the science. They have the technology to do what the scientists wanted to accomplish. But a kaiju is, like, on their doorstep, basically. They kill it, or Willem Dafoe probably kills it. Him and Ernie Reyes just cut the thing up. And as it's dying, it's not dead yet. It's dying. The, they realize that the villain is about to hit the facility and they're like, we can't fight it. We don't have guns. We don't have whatever we need. And they remember at the beginning of the movie when they met the scient- the good scientist and he's like, these things are just like any other animal. They have lungs that breathe. They have a heart that beats blood. Willem Dafoe looks over, sees the thing is dying and they decide to hook it up to the car to keep its heart beating. So he's like, oh, oh, okay. Like, yeah, like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Kaiju blood in, circles through the engine, kaiju blood out. So this thing's, the, they, the engine is now the heart of this kaiju. And he's going to use, like the villain is doing, he's going to use the evil thing to take control of this thing. So now he's got like a mechano kaiju to fight the other dude. Okay. And, okay. Um, I also, this oh. is just, just dumb detail. I, I, They're turning like their car one. into a pacemaker is what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. But I, I, I like it. I like that. I like. I think that's great. Like that's a, that's a detail that makes it a Planet X film where you go like, oh, they're they'll probably save this creature and maybe there'll be a fight. Be like, no, dude, we're hooking it up to a car. This well, shit. it means the car is destroyed at the end, which is right. a nice clean break. So we can either show them getting back in their car and heading out, or whatever. We can do the opposite. Okay. Well, um, so I like. I, I feel like we got good bookends on this one. I do. I think the technology should be called like the lasso technology, like lasso. That's fun. Okay. Yeah. And, and so the one guy's like, no, 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 we will use it as they did with cattle and we will help corral the beast. And the other guy's like, no way, dude, I'm using it as like a rain. I'm going to like, you know, ride these things. Um, it's very good. It's, it's very good. Um, I, I think the, I think they do destroy the car Mm -hmm. in an effort to kind of, keep this last kaiju alive that instigates this last big battle the the kaiju powered by the car wins i think our final scene is sort of like some kind of idyllic idyllic scene with willem dafoe and and, and kino and and, their, and <laughs> you know what you do now you know what you do so two things in the final battle 
the bad guy is going to send foot soldiers into the facility and they're like, it's like a 300 scenario. They're grossly outgunned. And Willem Dafoe is like, all right, I have to, I'm not, I'm not going to feel comfortable without you by my side, Kino. And Kino like looks at the soldiers and looks back at him. He's like, you got this, pulls out his katanas. So now we can cut, we can cut to action on the ground of Kino, like slicing and dicing villains. And then we can cut back up to the Kaiju battle. So there's like scale and we can have those two things interact in a really fun way where like, the kaiju foot steps on a facility and it almost crushes Kino. But okay, anyway, I was saying like, I keep trying to think in my head, like how can we incorporate this martial artist um, earlier into the film? And I think it plays back into what we were talking about earlier as a chase movie. They're not running away from the, from the kaiju. They're avoiding the kaiju. They're yeah. running away from this army of foot soldiers for the bad guy. That's where you're going to get a lot of like uh, chase shots and mm. Kino getting out of the car, flying back and forth between moving vehicles. Yeah, totally. That's when they're, that, that's, that's your Autobahn zap. We can, we can substantiate the villain too by saying that uh, it, it's a known thing that there's this guy who can control them. And he's got like a cult now. He's got like a, like a prepper cult that follows them around because they think he's some kind of like, you know what I mean? Like it's almost quasi-religious for them. Well, maybe he, maybe he texts, well, that's true. I was going to say to make it a little tidier, mm-hmm. he first tried out this technology in terms of controlling kaiju on people. And that's how he has a, an army. Sure. Basically like techno thralls. No, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can do like, yeah, there's tons of fun stuff we can do with mind control. And like, oh, that's even cool too. Cause like when he takes over a town, he can like grab somebody and be like, which way did they go? And they're like, I don't know. And then you hear his like, his little helmet turn on. And the guy's like, yeah, they yeah, went yeah. east. And then he just like lets him go as smoke comes out of his eyes. Like, yeah, that's, I like God, I like this villain a lot. I was going to say too, it, it gives justification for like why he can just throw bodies at these guys. Uh, you know, like, yeah, they, they got to find him. They're willing to like jump off of vans and try to attack the car, which I think happens a whole bunch. What I was going to say is I think the bookend at the end is they're camping again. And it can be daytime or nighttime. It doesn't, I guess daytime makes more sense because it's night to day transition, like bad to good new world. I think they're like having a picnic or something. And one of these kaiju like nuzzles Willem Dafoe and he's like, get off of me. And like, and then you kind of cut back and you see like, oh, they're like big cows now. Like maybe, maybe, well, we see that maybe the one that nuzzles him is the one that they save. With- oh, with his car engine. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So totally. they, they have a buddy and, and, um, no, and that's it, great because yeah, like a tentacle can come down and be like all over his yeah, shirt. He's exactly. like, "Come on, get off of me now!" <laughs> you know, you have this big. Oh, oh and that's cool too because then you can cut back to the facility that they saved, and these things, these huge lumbering things, are like carrying girders. And right. like, that's yeah, your, okay, your, your Dinotopia ending, which is yeah. Again, I like now. I really like the idea. It kind of went from like, "Oh, let's do a monster movie," to like, "Actually, let's just have the giant kaiju sort of not be scenery, but like." They're not the villains of the piece at all. Mm-hmm. Well, they uh, start. They you start the movie thinking that's the problem. Thinking that's what it is, but it's not at all. It's this. It's this evil scientist who wants to control them and yeah. control men. I like it a lot. I like that a lot. This this, this villain. This villain. That's going to be a hard cast. Yeah, I know. And I want. What I'm thinking is, let's make it our female lead. Do you Ooh, like that? Uh, yeah, I was trying to think like, because I mean, it's a pretty male dominated movie and we could give the female lead to, I mean, we could give it to one of the two guys in the car, but I kind of like the duo we have. That feels really nice to me. We could give it to the scientist, but he dies in the first act. So that doesn't feel good. You could give it to the person managing the facility that they have to get to, but then they're only in the third act. So I think, well, I mean, I, it's, I, either, I, it's either the villain or the villain's lieutenant. And I really like the villain being this like, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I, I, I think, I think that gives the film yet another cool twist. Um, yeah. I just don't know who you could get in. We're still talking about like 2000 to 2010. Is that when we're setting this thing? Oh, the CG is going to be horrible. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's going to be it's awful. It's, and there's going to be a lot of um, bad practical effects, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I do like to imagine that this is the film that puts, that puts Ernie Reyes, Ernie Reyes Jr. back in the zeitgeist for the first time since 1991's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Or, or, or certainly tried. Well, it and um, uh, Surf Ninjas, obviously. 
<laughs> yeah, America's beloved classic, Surf Ninja. My beloved classic. It was the second Planet X film mm-hmm. ever shown. Was Surf Ninja. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine why uh, AFI didn't put it on their top 100 films of all time. Because they're assholes, that's why. Because um, <laughs> they hate fortune-telling game gears. That's exactly, um, that's exactly right. Oh, wait, wait. That's Yeah, that's Surf Ninjas, right? What? Yeah, yeah. No, with the game gear that tells the future? Uh, I just had to do a gut check if it was Three Ninjas or Surf Ninjas, but Three Ninjas are the ones with Tum Tum. <laughs> yes. The, I hate those movies so fucking much. <laughs> Wasn't Hulk Hogan the villain in like the third one? I, I, I believe he is. I think, I think he's right. <laughs> it's, like the, uh, it's like a theme park and he's like the evil... Ooh, Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, Three Ninjas 2. Oh shit, Drew. Good job, bud. I, uh, what a stupid brain I have. I would like to propose uh, 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 somebody. Um, I, mm-hmm. I did have to look up their name. I feel bad about that. <laughs> but right. the female lead from Flash Gordon was Melody Anderson. And if Willem Dafoe is our hero, she is about the same age as Willem Dafoe. She's 62 now. If we go back 20 years, she's 42, 40, 42. I know people are always like, oh, women that age don't get roles. But she has a cool look, and it would play against type. I think it would be fun to have, like, a, I, you don't want a little teeny bopper playing, playing, um, the, the villain and it would also give a little bit of like sort of kind of fun b-movie lineage without giving it to just a complete knockoff <laughs> thank you for putting brian blessed on my, <laughs> on my screen sorry while looking for photos of melody anderson i enjoyed this picture of brian blessed very I much found a treasure trove of brian blessed <laughs> Can that uh, guy close his mouth anatomically? <laughs> I know, but he can tell you stories about how he believes in the Yeti. Which is true. He's a very big fan of the Yeti. Really? Yeah, he... Uh, I had no idea. Uh, he's such a cryptozoologist. Oh, he's a world traveler, and he has been, <laughs> he has been to the craziest places, and he also believes... He believes in the Yeti! This is how he goes. Amazing. Uh, okay. That's, I like Melody I Anderson like very, very much. I think this is really good casting. I'm glad you Googled her because I couldn't have told you what her name was. But looking, just... looking at her, thinking about Flash Gordon, she's got, I mean, she does great in that movie. She's, she's awesome in it. I can't believe I didn't know her name. She has like huge, hugely expressive eyes. And I think that could be really fun for the villain. Like I like the villain. Like, Cause so often well, in these movies, right? They, they cast like, these super tall, thin ice queens to be like cold calculating villain. And I like the idea that she's like more humanized, a little more like alluring and like empathetic, but then like just twisted and evil. Like, like seeing that woman with her face, like melt a guy's brain to find out what direction the package she wants is going in is like, Oh, like somehow creepier to me. Right. I I mean, I I was going to, Say, oh, well, maybe it's better to go with the actress who played Princess Aura, who's an Italian actress, and I I don't know how to... Her first name is Ornelia, but I don't know how to say her last name, M-U-T-I. But I do like the idea of that that actress that played Dale Arden. Um, As you say in that role, it it plays against type. Okay, this is good uh, contrast, very good contrast, because I feel like... or Oh, God, I'm going to pronounce another Italian name. I'm going to fuck it up. Ornelia Muti. Muti? Muti. I don't know, but we are trying our best. We're doing our best, people. I'm so sorry. She looks like the person you would cast as a villain, right? Like, she's she's very tall. She has long oh. black hair. Like Hence their respective casting in Flash Gordon. Which makes sense, right? Because Flash, it's a, it's a cartoon, right? You have to keep it super simple. But I really like that casting, man. I like her as the, uh, I like her as like the evil generalissimo that's controlling Kaiji with her brain. I like. I mean, I, I mean, we can cast others, but we have our hero, we have our sidekick, and we have our villain. I feel very good about that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, everybody else is whoever they could get. I mean, from an earlier point, Ian McShane can be the the scientist and get shot up. Whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, we've got we got some Blue Oyster Cult opening up the film. I like that too. That's good. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty. Good. I love this. I love this like V eight pacemaker at the end though. <laughs> It's just so good. I really do. I mean, I really it's good. Like it's it. good in a movie like this too, because like we were like, oh, let's keep it really grounded. Let's be really serious. Like, let's try to treat this ridiculous premise with as much respect as we can. And nothing feels better in movies than when in the third act they're just like, all right, let's just turn off the brakes. Like everything's going to eleven now. Like 
He's well, just so good. You know what I think will be really good about that third act is that we are going to have a kaiju fight, but we are sympathetic to the kaiju. Like, we know that the the one being controlled directly by the evil scientist mm-hmm. doesn't have a say in what it's doing. And we also know that the one that just got saved um, is is not a bad creature so basically what like it's it's a very interesting emotional kind of kind of thing it doesn't play like a typical monster movie where there's a good monster and a bad monster it's like well neither of them are really bad it's the the people that are bad Um, it's that thing it's that thing they kind of tried to do in the like uh toho in the late 80s and early 90s suddenly decided that they wanted to make really serious godzilla movies and we have we are big fans of these yeah particularly godzilla versus biolante which is just really weird and cool um but yeah, they, they went hard into this like, well, Godzilla's not really a hero or a villain. He's just kind of a big lizard. And so the best you can do is sort of like appease him and like yeah. hope he doesn't go off the rails. And that's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason why those movies probably didn't do very well. I think it's a hard story to tell, but here we're using it as framing to tell a story about these guys driving real fast cars and doing cool car tricks and and there's katanas say, in there and stuff. Like it feels it feels pretty good. I want to say something about this movie too. Um it, it, and I'll just spit it out because I don't know how else to say it. I think this is a movie that probably like many of our favorite Planet X films took a big swing at some really awesome ideas and whiffs on a bunch of them. But I think that oh, it totally. I think it's fun to watch because of that. Like yeah. I th- you know, the combination of like very limited CGI and bad practical effects. This sort of like kaiju stuff doesn't really come together, but you go like, okay, no, I'm kind of following this. I think the stuff that holds it together is probably going to be that like Willem Dafoe and Ernie Reyes Jr. are actually genuinely fun together. Yeah, Um, I'm really, yeah. Like, yeah, it has, okay, like it has the fun freewheeling humor of a big trouble in little China it's got like car stuff like you get in road warrior that's cool it's kind of also vaguely post-apocalyptic like but it, it's, it's not slapsticky at all that's what i'm saying it's not no it's not intentionally camp i think that that's- well, and i'll tell you how you fix that the the kaiju need to be legitimately scary like they need to look like again love crafty and tentacle nightmares we only see them in the dark we don't ever see them totally exposed keep it like they're always like slobbering and drooling acid and like they have like you to your point like they have like asymmetrical two wings on one side one wing on the other like they need to look horrifying so that when they're on camera there's a little part of you that's like fuck those things that's disgusting and horrible and then willem dafoe and ernie reyes is like irreverence and their banter is seen as like sympathetic it's like oh they're able to take this horrible situation and make light of it and survive in it like i like these guys i'm rooting for them now right Those yeah are fucking scary like, it's, it's, yeah it, 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 i think uh, the problem a lot of people who don't watch kaiju films and even those of us who do like have is that like you sit there the whole time going like when's the monster gonna do anything i'm tired of these <laughs> fucking people like yeah but uh, flip that yeah lead yeah, characters really interesting around no if you flip that on its head and you go like Man, I love these guys. Like, I could watch a whole movie with these guys. And honestly, the more I think about it, I'm really glad you said Ernie Reyes Jr. because he and Willem Dafoe, I would just watch them in a movie. <laughs> watch them have coffee, right? Yeah, well, like, yeah, they could be like, be like, oh, it's a movie about two accounts. You know? you know, it's, it's funny, too, because it touches on a movie that you and I really like and that we spend a lot of time convincing people to like is Evolution, which was kind of like... It was like uh, it was like the new Ghostbusters, right? It could have been, but what's great about that is you've got uh, Orlando Jones. Is that the dude's name? The Make Seven yeah, Up Yours guy, correct? From from Mad yeah. TV. Yes. Well, no, he will always be the Make Seven Up Yours guy to me. <laughs> uh, you've got Sean William Scott, which I think I think that dude gets a bad rap. He's great in everything. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. Um, he totally knows who he is, too. Like He's like, oh, I played the dumb asshole. Great. Like, <laughs> and then you've got David Duchovny and Julian Moore. And what I love about that movie, like, it's a great cast. I love watching all of them interact. That's awesome. And my, in my heart, there was always going to be a sequel to Evolution, which had nothing to do with the monsters from the first Evolution movie. I'd watch them fight ghosts. I'd watch them fight vampires. I'd watch them fight 
I don't know, whatever, terrorists. I don't care. I just like that cast. I love Ivan Reitman. I like everything that happened in that movie. This feels the same to me. We're like, if they do a sequel to this, I don't know, they're fighting something. They're underwater now. Who cares? Like, they're in space. Well, we've, already, we've already created this bizarre world where, you know, our, our, our kaijutopia world. So mm. then you introduce just something... Another thing, yeah, another yeah. thing falls from space. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, or, like, or like the sea levels are rising and everyone's drowning. So now it's a boat movie. Like, you know, like you could do, do anything with those guys. Yeah, no. And also, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Now I just want to watch Evolution. So I may go grab my DVD after this and, and go, like, man, that's a lot of donkey lips is in this movie. <laughs> Donkey Lips and Ethan Supley cast as brothers. My God, that movie is... How do people not like that fucking movie? <laughs> I think Please. people liked it. I just think it wasn't the runaway hit they, they had hoped it would be. It's, I, I think it, 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 it does make our short list, which does exist of like five movies that we think are amazing that the world sort of assumes are not great. And, uh, yep, yep. So, but yeah, no, that's... Man, that's really good. Now, I, I was interested in what auto bonds I would be. And I, as this I said, not where I thought we were going to end up. <laughs> not at all where I thought we were going to end up. And I very much like where we did because good. I have never seen a movie like that. Well, and now we can now we can add a kaiju film to our to our growing catalog of Planet X films, which feels yeah. good. We needed one up there. There was a little there was a little shelf space I was saving for a kaiju film. Well, let's let's wrap this thing up so so you can go watch your movie and I can do whatever it is I want to do. Uh, I'd like to thank Brian Ahrens uh, for the intro voiceover to our podcast. You can learn more about him at brianahrensvo.com. Um, I'd like to uh, say special thanks as well to the band Pinko for their song Oedipus Sex. It's off of their self-titled album. They have a band camp. They are extremely awesome, and we like them very much. So thanks for that. And uh, don't forget, coming up November the 30th at our uh, clubhouse, uh, our, our, our base of operations at wonderful Kunstler Brewing. I can't believe they let us have this wonderful space. If you come out, you'll be like, damn, they're letting these two chuckle fucks show movies here. It's so gorgeous. And the beer is so good. Please come out. We're going to show time cop. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you've, if you've not seen time cop, let me assure you that you need to see time cop. And it's very extremely good. If you have seen time cop, I don't need to sell you on why you need to come to this screening. <laughs> like, yeah. You already want to see you can't see time cop too many times <laughs> I, I also i also want to say like the, uh, again um we we've been doing this for a couple of years but like this year has kind of been our big sort of push mm. uh, we're doing a baby podcast and we've relaunched the movie screenings um we not only got to 100 likes on facebook but blew by it and i just like to thank any everybody who keeps up with us whether that's on facebook or on instagram or on our website i love meeting new people through planet x people are awesome i met so many cool people even if it's just online anything else did we cover everything I think we got everything. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as Blair said, follow us on social media. Uh, if you can share the podcast with somebody and uh, like, and uh, subscribe on iTunes, that helps us a ton. Uh, but most importantly, send in your hypothetical movie title suggestions to us. You can do that at planetxcinema.com by clicking on the submit button or emailing planetxcinema at gmail.com. Well, it only leaves us one thing, which is um, who the hell are you? I'm Drew Hicks. Um, I'm Blair Hicks, and the search for Planet X continues. <laughs> I'm a clip him. <laughs> Man, I just want to talk about Into the Badlands. It's okay. I know. I'm going to see my clipper. He's going to clip him. <laughs> That's just so funny. He's I know. It's so good. Clipper. <laughs> um, make a hundred seasons of that show, please.